It's July 2018, and the state of Massachusetts has given out its first recreational license to sell adult-use marijuana. Cause for celebration? Well, don't bogart that joint just yet. Lester's Cultivate gets the prize, but doesn't have a license to grow it yet. Huh? This is what happens when government gets involved with a business they just don't understand. Just ask Attorney General Mara Healy, who wants to give towns in Massachusetts more rights to slow down this process. Once again, voters speak to allow recreational use of cannabis in the state, but the government treats this new fledgling industry like a necessary evil. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and the CLNSmedia.com network. You can also find the video recording of this entire program on the brand new, drumroll please, theweedtube.com. We're talking with Bob Karp, who is a, a certified expert on the marijuana cannabis business industry. Um, but it's like, what can happen... How quickly can an educational program be instituted, either through a series of public service announcements, uh, regular seminars? Uh, you know, New England Cable News should be all over this, my old station, because they have the time to have discussions on air to talk about these things. I don't see any kind of uh, a group of media that are pro-cannabis trying to help spread the word and and educate the public, which last time I checked, and it's one of the reasons why I got into media, was to actually give information to the public that they want and need. Why isn't that? Why don't you think this is happening? Is it still that stigma? Are they still afraid of what might happen next? You have truly revealed the media great divide on cannabis, and let me just explain that briefly. There are certain stations now that have cannabis broadcasting. They picture it in light as certain ways a growing industry. Some of them still focus on some of the negativity, but they realize it is here, it has an audience, and it can be monetized. So you do have certain networks that are carrying the message, cannabis is here, it's for sale. There are operations moving towards, I'm not going to say globalization, but moving towards a very large presence here in the United States with hopes and aspirations of hopefully growing this worldwide. Now, that is part of the media. The media that you're talking about, the news, the people, the fourth estate, the ones that can really get this going the fastest, unfortunately are taking a very wait and look, um, just a whole view on the whole thing. They are not willing to just come down and say, this is, stu is good stuff. We should be embracing it. They have the verdict is still out for them because unfortunately federal law prohibits any real federal investment from investigating any of the beneficial medical properties so they don't have the empirical data that they really need to say we've shown that 50 percent of the people taking this and i'm just making up numbers have found any kind of cancer cancer symptoms to be alleviated until we can show real hard data it's our word against the naysayers, unfortunately. Right, and it's those who have some experience trying to get frustrated by uh, not being able to have access 
to what we think will help people in many ways. I mean, just learning over the last three months about the endocannabinoid system that's in everybody. When you walk up to someone who's a prohibitionist and you explain to them that, you know, you have an endocannabinoid system inside you that's just waiting to get this particular cannabis chemical inside you so that you can sleep better, so that you can um, metabolize food better, so that you can actually, your human element can perform the way it's supposed to perform. They don't, they look at me like I'm a witch doctor when I say that to them. And yet there's research that shows this now. I, I couldn't agree more. To them though, it's still a very murky science, unfortunately. They'll say, well, I take this sleep tablet every night and it works. What they don't realize is they're overpaying for it. You don't know exactly what's in it. You don't know how it's affecting any of the other parts of your body. Cannabis, I think, is not necessarily obviously packaged and dosed the correct way, but you learn very quickly by using it what you can and cannot absorb. Right. And you're 100% right. The receptors in our body are waiting for it. It has just a multitude of different ailments, illnesses, that I'm sure it will help. But until it's become legal, it's very hard for people to come and say, well, this helped me with the X, this helped me with Y. We can't do clinical studies. And I think once they're done, people will say, why were we blocking this for so long? Right. And that's what happened with the World Health Organization recently. They were finally able to look at uh, the, uh, some medical doctors who came in with research and showed them, here, here are the medical, and they immediately said, you know what, w this could be something we need to look at and about reclassifying it uh, from that perspective. Canada, October 17th, will be making it legal, uh, kind of getting away from the G7 groups of, of nations that are out there and leading the way in this. At some point, all of these things are going to add up, but you, I'm going to guess, have to be on that other side. You, you still have to wave the flag. You still have to educate. You still have to explain to people how this thing works and why it's time, this is the time, to move forward on this into this new industry. And, and there's so many ancillary little um, uh, jobs that can happen, education. We talked about perhaps making it a, a course of study at a university because there's going to be jobs in this industry. There's no question this is going to add billions to um, our gross national product. Only and only if we embrace it and we don't fall so far behind that it is outpaced by, for example, Canada having it legal. We've seen as things are legalized, all the mechanics start to work in its favor. So machinery will be better fine-tuned. The distribution networks all the log logistics necessar necessary for it. By us staying f behind Canada, we are damaging our own hope of any kind of global entrance of this. Because this is not just going to be a product that is limited to the borders of America. They're going to somehow find a way to package it, whether as a medicine or even in raw product, and move it around the world. And right now, Canada is the one who's poised to be the absolute leader without anyone coming close to them. Yes, the U.S. obviously has the ability to damage anyone's leadership, but it shouldn't be something where we have to play catch-up. We should have already been there. We have all this in place. Being in uh, the seat I'm in, I see Wall Street constantly being called by them wondering, do you have an investment that we should be looking at? There's so much money sitting on the sidelines, it's almost frightening. 
the tobacco companies. They're going to get into it. The liquor companies have already announced it. It's Molson just, is going into it in Molson's, Canada. Molson's yes. going to it. People realize that the value add is just so dramatic that the delta between the price and the profits makes it well worth any kind of risk that there might be. Bob, you know in this state of Massachusetts, and I know you travel around the country and, and talk to a lot of people, um, there have been, uh, they've allowed the towns to decide whether or not they want this industry in their borders, inside their borders. Um, Kamani Jefferson, who is here, he goes to these individual towns and argues uh, for pro-cannabis all the time. There's still, they hit their heads, he hits his head against the wall all the time sometimes. It, it's gotta be one of the most frustrating things. Here it is, the voters in this town, Town X, say 75% of us want to legalize cannabis. And then you come to the town government people and they're like, well, you know, that may be true, but not in our town. So they're actually leaving money on the table uh, in, in tax dollars. Um, they're, they're trying to zone these businesses out of uh, into areas that people don't go to in their towns. Why are they? I mean, we go back to it, I guess. I, I guess the frustration is I don't understand why they're they're trying to make it as difficult as possible for the cannabis business person to start a business. Has that ever happened at all in our history? Um, liquor, yes, but in the cannabis industry, it goes beyond belief. Let me give you an example. Part of what I do is I have to obviously proselytize and then I have to go to zoning meetings to try to convince the local citizens. Braintree sticks out. Okay. Braintree, I think I was lucky to get out without being tarred and feathered. First person that started to speak, unfortunately, was someone who had lost their child to opioids. And as much as my heart bled for them, I wanted to say to this person, I have children. I cannot even start to imagine to feel the pain you're going through. But this wasn't opioids. And I know the argument you're going to make that your child first started with marijuana. And I, I can't rebut that. I can't speak for your child. But what I can say is... He got that stuff because it wasn't controlled. Right. Your son, you did not just let your son go out and say, okay, you can go buy pot, and then afterwards you can go buy an opioid. The tragedy that happened was going to happen whether it was sold or not. He got his hands on it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Our only hope is the fact if we control it, if we legalize it, and show people that you cannot even walk into a dispensary unless you have the proper license, will it stop all of it? No. I'm sure some will be diverted, but I think it'll be a small fraction. And like you said, Jimmy, research is starting to show that it has definitely potential to alleviate the opioid crisis, but we're not going to know until we find out. I pointed out to Braintree, the town is going to gross $110 million this year. You have unfunded liability pensions of your employees of $95 million, growing at 17% per year. You don't need to be an MIT mathematician to realize that on paper, you're going to be broke within the next four years. Within the next 10 years, it's going to be essentially out of your hands and in receivership, if anyone is even looking at the accounting as it should be. They were so dead set against trying to help themselves by having a cannabis dispensary, which would have generated tax dollars. Right. That's the whole point. They they refused, wanted nothing to do with it. And I encountered that town by town by town. And yet these are towns that 
their populace voted for it. The state supported it. The towns I go into to do the lobbying and zoning are the ones that voted for it. I'm not going to waste my time trying to turn over a populace that just wasn't uh, you're going to you know, right. embrace it. What's their argument? What, what, how do they sit there and say, um, I'm a representative of the town. The town's people have spoken, but I'm not going to do that because I'm a, I'm a local counselor or a local alderman and I have the power and I'm going to say no. I mean, I, I, it's like you're I, not doing your job. You should be fired. You should leave. If you don't want to do your job. I couldn't agree more. You are there to represent your constituents. People, isn't that a democracy? But I see it all the time where people are just representing their own interests, that they feel that unless they put their imprimatur on it, right. it can't be beneficial to anyone at all. Unless they have voted for it, their intellect reigns supreme. And we just know that's not right. The people voted for it. Do what you were elected to do. Right. Or get out. They're if you don't want to serve, get out. No, their egos, it's like they feel like they've got their little fiefdom. I know that's like, it, you know what, it happens in the local cable access community too, but I don't need to throw them under the bus, even though I think I just did. Anyway, uh, and yet you're still finding um, a lot of pockets of resistance in these towns. What's your best argument? Do, you know, you, you made a great case on the financial side. You know, try to deal with a math. Yeah, this is the thing when you, you're an attorney, you get this. You, you look for the facts that really you can't argue. It's not how I feel. It's here's the math. This is why your, your uh, town is going to go bankrupt. Here's some scientific uh, research that's been done on a thousand people or veterans who have been on opioids. Uh, there are signs that there, this could be an exit drug for the opioid epidemic that's out there. What's your best argument when you go in? What do you, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I hate to use the word, I'm not going to use the word. It's the ace in the hole that you have, as opposed to this certain card I was going to use. Jimmy, <laughs> I, I wish I was holding a handful of aces, but I have to dole out my cards slowly with these people. Okay. I guess, I, you know, I try to put forward an argument that's logical, but also hits home. I try to start to make them realize, you know, you're against pot. You have children, you have uh, any number of reasons, but let's be realistic. Let's not keep our head in the sands. Right. There is marijuana in this town. It is readily available. Correct. Do not kid yourself. If your kids want it, they can call another kid. They can have it in a half hour. Mm -hmm. They can do that with almost any kind of drug. It's there. Not to mention, they're getting stuff flown in from California that's higher grade than most people see at a lot lower price. So your argument that it's if we don't make it legal, they won't get it. It just doesn't fly. There you go. Well, you've been listening to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, a podcast that focuses on the beginnings of a new world, legal cannabis in Massachusetts. Kamani Jefferson has been our in-studio guest. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and the CLNSmedia.com network. You can also find the video recording of this entire program on theweedtude.com. Coming up on the next few episodes of In the Weeds, Bob Karp joins me in studio. He is one of the most, the foremost legal authorities on building a cannabis business and the author of The Marijuana Business Licensing Guide of 2017, plus four more books about licensing and setting up your cannabis business. That's coming up next on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. 
In the Weeds is a podcast produced at the studios of Little Park Media in Wellesley, Massachusetts for the listening enjoyment of our audience. None of the opinions or advice on this program should be considered medical advice or a substitute for seeing a certified medical marijuana practitioner or your local physician. All opinions and thoughts on this show do not necessarily represent the management of CLNS Media Group or Little Park Media.